Hello and welcome to Style and Substance, a branding and business podcast for inspired and empowered entrepreneurs. I'm Elizabeth Cairns and together with my fabulous co-host Fiona Humberstone, we're here to help you sidestep the hustle, keep joy at the forefront of your work and champion a more meaningful and sustainable approach to business. We'll talk about everything from purpose to productivity, from colour psychology to creativity, where to start and how to keep going, how to stay inspired, empowered, and more importantly, sane in the process. We hope you enjoy the show. And if you do, please like, share, subscribe, and keep listening. Welcome to what we are calling our Christmas special. This is actually going to go out between Christmas and New Year, that gorgeous time Twixmas where you've had an amazing hopefully Christmas all of that kind of social energy and creative energy starts to dissipate and this is that time that I think a lot of entrepreneurs really start to get a bit reflective about where they want to take their businesses in the new year so we thought that this episode would be really well timed hopefully so what we thought it'd be great to do as this episode is do a review of the year yeah you know, to look back at 2022, warts and all, and to see what we've made of it, both personally and in the context of the business. And it's a great time to do that. You know, if you're sat like I imagine I probably am now. Oh, no, I'll be I'll be still in the mountains, hopefully skiing at this point, um, but probably indulged in a little bit too much tartiflet and a little bit too much red wine on the slopes. But it's a time, I think, where you can hunker down and you can start to look back and start to make sense and make meaning of what's gone so that it can inform what's coming. Mm. And I know we actively do that process all year, don't we, anyway, yeah. and after every endeavour. But I think it's quite nice to get a vast picture of what this year has meant. Mm. And when I was researching this, I was, I was thinking quite UK-centric, although I know that this is going out a lot broader than that. I thought, oh, I'll just have a look and see what the media's made of 2022. Yeah. Big mistake. (laughs) (laughs) And it just hits home this point to me that if we allow our perspective of what we make of things to be driven by someone else, it's going to have an impact. So let me give you the rundown of 2022 in the UK. Brace yourselves. The 1st of January was the warmest New Year's Day on record. In the UK. (laughs) So in the context of the climate crisis, Mm. that immediately starts our year off with a bang in not the right direction. We were in the midst of COVID chaos. In fact, at the end of 2021 on Boxing Day, I couldn't get back from France because I wasn't allowed re-entry because my COVID paperwork wasn't right. You know, all of that horrendous stuff. We were in lockdown. The Met Office was then warning about storms. We had severe weather warnings all across the UK. For me, it was a real hitting home of what I've been banging on about for 15, 20 years and what other climate activists have been talking about for 30 years of this is a crisis. Mm. It was the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, 70 years. Mm. So there was a huge national celebration for that. Sadly, the Queen passed in September. In the summer before that, we had a massive heat wave, which some of us may have enjoyed, some of us maybe not so much. Boris Johnson resigned. Liz Truss stepped in in September. Come October, we had Rishi Sunak. There was all this change, all of this transition. Accompanied with that, inflation and interest rates were rising. You know, it's 
if you if the media are to be believed, if you look at the political landscape, the economic landscape and the climate landscape, it was not a good year. No. However, I did, after some serious digging, find some good news. So I'm just going to hit you with those before we go into our own stories, just to lift the mood a bit. In April, this was so exciting to me because I got to watch it on a webcam with my kids. Ospreys nesting in, in um, Pool Harbour produced the first eggs ever seen in southern England in modern times. Big win. I know that not everyone's going to get excited about Ospreys. <laughs> 500 more beehives were installed in Hampshire and Dorset to boost bee numbers this year. Insulate Britain had a big win. Seven billion was committed by the government to insulate British homes. Lloyds Bank announced that it was no longer going to fund new oil and gas. Amazing. There was a wild baby bison born in the UK in Canterbury in October. That's never happened. It was amazing. Children got a seat at COP this year for the first time ever. Wow which also speaks to me of the fact that we are becoming more sensitive as a nation and as a world to the voices of children and young people. And there's been lots of research about children's mental health and the impact of all sorts of things on young people. And we're now starting to see more of a shift of young people getting a voice, which is incredible. And Patagonia, a brand that I'm always banging on about on this podcast because I love them, became a charitable trust. And do you know who their sole shareholder and sole beneficiary is? planet earth amazing you know that to me speaks of a really big shift yeah and although i had to look quite hard for that news there is more there and obviously these are sort of big sways i didn't look in sport achievements and i didn't look at who was on the honors list and mm-hmm. you know there's there's obviously obviously lots of micro really good news stories but you do have to look for them and you just mentioned to me off air that b corp that uh, we had a thousand b corps yeah. registered yeah in 2022 which again speaks to me of this shift towards more conscious, more people-focused, more planet-focused, more sustainable business. So that picture is a positive one. But what I thought would be really useful, well, maybe not really useful, but quite self-indulgent actually, is to look back on our arc this year, because it's been a big year for both of us, I think, Mm. for lots of different reasons. And to notice some of the themes that are coming up and to yeah just to start to celebrate some of that stuff Mm. so if you think about your your year and you don't have to walk us through chronologically but if you if you think about the trajectory of that what have been some of the things that you have found meaningful and or worth celebrating this year oh that's such a good question that I have not prepared for I mean, finishing Colour Psychology for Brand Designers after two and a half years in the making has been a massive thing. But I think Mm. more than that, I've hit on something really big in that, haven't I, with this resonant brand method? And that Mm. makes me equally terrified to have documented that and got that out there. And also so excited about the impact that this could have on our industry. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's been a really big thing for me and a big chunk of the year, the workshops, you know, going back to hosting live workshops, right back mm-hmm. where I started from of this kind of dry venue hire and taking in everything from the glasses to the loo roll to the hand <laughs> soap to the, you know, just planning down every detail of that and creating really memorable events. Mm. I've loved doing that. It's really put me back in touch with 
my sense of purpose, with what sets me apart, with my magic. I think it's so easy when we're we're in that online only space to mm. get, like you say, to notice all the wrong stuff. You yeah. know, to notice the stuff that's that's noisy and that doesn't sit well with the way that I think or the way that I want to do business or my values. Mm. Um, actually just to be in a space with amazing entrepreneurs who have come from all around the world mm. to come to Cobham has been phenomenal. I think those yeah. those are some real highlights. You know, I'm lucky in that, you know, my business is at a point now where financially it makes more than enough. Mm. So it's really, for me, you know, the commercials of it is really about looking at, um, you know, is it on track to, to do at least as well as it did last year? And as long as that's the case, that's my kind of, that's my biggest focus. Uh, sorry, mm. as long as that's the case, that's all I'm concerned about really from that perspective. I don't, you know, I'm not trampling up to some great big number mm. um, because I, I've got enough. Yeah, and I think that's so key. That's been a huge realisation I think for a lot of people and what's really heartening to me is I'm definitely starting to see this shift, this realization that this constant pushing for more, 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 whether that's in business or whether that's from an environmental point of view, the constant consumption of resources isn't sustainable. And and I'm starting to see this almost epiphany light bulb ripple effect going Mm. out there of people going, oh, actually, I can have enough. Yeah. And that's that's enough. Yeah. You know, I don't always need to have more and more. And that, you know, the rhetoric of Boris Johnson with growth, 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 mm. and then having to pull back on things. Yeah. This this sense of, well, what is enough? And where do we place our focus to know what that success really looks like for us has has come through. And that piece about getting in the in the room with those participants on the workshops a huge celebration of this year after all of the lockdowns and everything was just being able to hug people, right? Yes. Just being able yes. to be in inspiring company in great surroundings with other humans yeah. <laughs> that you didn't yeah, have to yeah. interface on screen with is massive. And I think it can be very easy to forget that mm. we can forget the shallowness and the, the isolation and the aloneness of those virtual spaces and that, that lockdown time and take that, in-person stuff for granted mm, totally and the the sense of you know connection with the community that that really brings and that for me is a huge win that I really you know I'm daily grateful for the fact that I can go now and yeah. meet someone in person and I don't yeah, have to yeah. spend all day on the screen yeah fantastic and then closer to home I mean you've had loads of big stuff happening this year haven't you with the renovation with everything that's happening with Ellie with yeah. Solidarity Sports I'm thinking yeah. of what's some of the stuff there that's been well it's funny because I was talking to Poppy so we're recording this end of November and I was talking to Poppy about oh my goodness this time last year <laughs> what state was the house in mm. you know, we didn't have a kitchen we were working towards that templating on the 5th of December it was freezing cold I had Covid um, you know and and actually I did host Christmas and Poppy was like, why did you do that? <laughs> 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 yes, the house wasn't done. Why did you do it? 
But, you know, we were in absolute turmoil housewives, definitely. And, you know, my builder spent far more money than he said he would. It's, mm. it's been a really tough year emotionally, I would say. And, you know, as I get to the end of the year, I was absolutely broken as a result of the build and living through it and the massive overspend that the builder mm. made. You know, like we're talking 60% overspend. and. Mm. Um, you know the financial cost of that but also the impact of feeling like what the hell went wrong I had a spreadsheet I was monitoring everything I was being really careful how did I mess this up quite so much Mm. Um, you know that really takes its toll it's exhausting relentlessly having to find the energy to paint the house to to do all the you know Pete's been working so hard mm-hmm. on everything never getting any time off not getting time I mean I take a lot of time off but the time off is spent doing the house you know so if I think about what space I was in really up until the summer holidays mm-hmm. I was pretty broken <laughs> skidding mm-hmm. into every one of those holidays um so I think that's the real win is that this house is starting to feel like a home I don't hate it anymore I hated it for financially what it did to us and Mm. and how it broke us so I feel much more just at ease and like I can focus on making it our home now and it's a nice place to be um you know we've sort of sorted out at least a plan for the finances if not the finances (laughs) But yeah, I mean, Ellie, who who was the catalyst for me starting my own business in the first place, turned 18. She Amazing. sat her A-level, she got some phenomenal results. But more than that, she's now doing a foundation at drama school, which, you know, to, to, have, to have been able to support her through everything it's taken to get to that point feels yeah. really massive. And also to see her doing what she loves I mean I hope she gets in to the degree next year half a percent of people that apply get in so it's high stakes Mm. but she has so much talent and she really enjoys it Mm. and you know I've talked to her so much about how yes you know with her A-levels she could she could get into Oxbridge she probably shouldn't go there but she's got the A-levels to get in um, she could she could go to any Russell Group university and study history, mm. but there's such a marked difference between how hard it feels to get that top history grade and how hard she works at her singing and her acting, and yet it doesn't feel like hard work. And mm. that kind of you know that's something we both are really passionate about about you know really playing to your strengths and being in your flow and doing the thing that you do best and it's, mm. it feels really rewarding yeah and when I look back on that long arm of you know like you say you started the business for Ellie yeah and 18 years on in different yeah. iterations I mean that's epic it is it is and actually I was doing another podcast um this week and she was saying, what would you have told yourself if you'd started? And I, you know, I was remembering back to me with, well, pregnant with student debt that I paid off while I was pregnant. But, Mm. you know, we didn't own a house. And to now have built this house Mm. and have created this life for our family, I mean, that's, 
that is mind-blowing and I think it's very easy to lose sight of that yeah yeah and to get lost in the the little micro busy of the everyday and the overwhelm and that you know Mm. the feeling of being broken and just to see what's right in front of you yeah actually this time of year you can step up and step out of that and look back and look back further you know further Mm. where where was the seed planted and seeing how that's grown and joining those dots backwards you you can really get that that sense of ongoing resilience and that building of confidence and things actually do turn out often better than expected yeah yeah if, if you look and sometimes it will take us a while to get there and get that perspective but I think it's always worth doing mm. and you've had a big journey with solidarity sports as well haven't you yeah. in the last few years tell us about that yeah. so they're an amazing charity in West London and you know in one of the richest borough the richest borough I think in London borough of Kensington and Chelsea they support children suffering from trauma so they might be refugee children they might be children from refuges they might be children living in poverty but they take them out of these big things that they're dealing with and they let them be kids so there's lots of emphasis on sport and healthy eating but there's also you know they've grown there's a lot of projects around supporting the parents now Mm. and creativity and and all sorts of things and I got a call early in the year to say we're mo- we've we've been gifted this space to operate from, and we wondered if you'd help us with the interior design. I mean, what a dream job is that! I love I loved the the creative process of designing our house, um, and I can draw and all that kind of colour psychology and branding feeling. So yeah, I worked with them on just coming up with the vision for the space and it's been so amazing because they have you know we Ellie and I went to the launch in September I think it was September and they had executed it so beautifully this vision it, they've created a real haven for these kids somewhere that they can feel really special and 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 it feels really homely and then they often don't have you know they, some of these kids have come from Grenfell Tower and they're still in hotels and temporary accommodation what five years on it's not okay wow so to to give them a space where they can just be mm. is really, really important. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, and your charity fundraiser that I couldn't get to this year, but did buy a ticket for. Actually, that was last year. That was that was October last year. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think what did we raise? Two thousand pounds, I think. But yeah, that was last year. Amazing. If there was a theme that wraps this year up for you, can you see how all of those things sort of weave together? Is there something that you've, some meaning that you've taken from all of that for you? I don't know in terms of that, but I think my focus has been on keeping the business steady, but actually prioritising getting myself back to, Mm. you know, to wellbeing, to inspiration to creativity so I know it took a massive toll on the whole family the build um so you know this is not the year that I want to achieve crazy ass growth or be competing with anybody or or kind of living up to anybody else's expectations of what my business should look like this year I mean I don't think I ever do that but this year more than ever I think I was really aware of my own 
bandwidth, if you like, and, and what mm-hmm. I could what I could take, and what what would I find inspiring, and what would I not? Mm. I don't know if you can see something. Well, I think it maps over. I think there's lots of themes in the in the broader context. You know, this this stuff of death and renewal, these transitions happening. And there's a sense as we're coming to the end of this year with a lot of my stuff as well as yours of new foundations. Mm. Yeah, you, I mean, you've built new foundations literally in the home. Yeah. And also in your approach to your work, mm. it's, it feels like there's been a consolidation of all of those things that you've always known have been really important. Mm. The inspiration, the prioritising your well-being, the creating space, the re- remembering why you're in it in the first place and the purpose of that and the family and you've created a new baseline for what's how to move forward from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's turn the tables on you now, Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh joy. Let's have I always think when you're when you're reflecting back over the year, a really good place to start is with the biggest wins, the big, biggest successes. So what would you say yours were this year? Ooh such a good question and it makes me think about immediately like what's my criteria for success which we should definitely get into yeah the first thing that comes to mind and I actually am looking back to the September of the previous year because my sort of my mental year starts Mm -hmm. in the September and when I think about the biggest win it's also actually my biggest challenge I think given what's happened at the back end of the year. But the biggest win has been the creation of Dragonfly, I think. Yeah. Which wasn't a business venture. So Dragonfly, for those of you who haven't heard me talk about it before, is a, a land-based learning project for home-educating families in Sarah in Hertfordshire. And at the point at which we started, because I've, I've always home-educated my kids, at the point at which we started... Two of us initially came together and then gradually we gathered, I think there were 13 of us guardians at the inception, sort of the nine months prior to the September. And all we knew was that we wanted to change the shape of education for yeah. our children, to do something regenerative, to do something positive, to reimagine what education could look like. And it was epic. We remodeled everything from not working in a hierarchical way to working on a teal organization model we had a flat structure with uh, operational circles we met every week literally in circle um, and then virtually on zoom when all the covid lockdown was happening mm-hmm. and we went from having an idea a passion a vision and nothing no land no building no kids nothing 13 of us in a room and we opened the doors last September in a fully refurbished barn in a beautiful space in Sarah which I know you've seen because we did the photo shoot there um, with 30 children five mentors and a a three-day-a-week program for home educating families that really nailed it really nailed what we had set out to achieve and it was magical and horrendously heartbreaking incredibly difficult dug me right into um 
some of the most challenging situations I think I've ever been in, in terms of group dynamics and team dynamics mm. and managing myself and also having to home educate the children as all this was happening. And, you know, this big dream came alive. And, and then this September, my children have had to go to mainstream school. Um, that must have been challenging. So your, your biggest win of the year has lasted for a year. Yeah. But now something that you felt quite passionately about, which is home educating your children, has come to quite an abrupt end. Yeah, completely. In quite a big then, way. Yeah, and they're now in mainstream school. And, and what's interesting to me is I still see that as a huge success not only because dragonfly is still alive and kicking and there's you know 25 30 families there benefiting from all of that Mm. and a huge grief and sadness that my children aren't in that anymore yeah and so I could look at it as a massive failure yeah but I in the context of what I've learned from it what we were able to give the children from a year for a year and looking at just the the plain logistics and the realistic situation of the fact that, you know, in this year as well, my Mm. divorce came through and all of that happened. You know, I don't get to say completely singularly what happens with my kids. Mm. So coming to terms with that and managing all of that with, with Mike and that process has been a huge challenge, but I can also see the rightness in it all. You know, it's all unfolded exactly as it has meant to Mm. despite it being uncomfortable um and it had didn't take me very long to see that that has unfolded well what I've got now is five days a week to work on my business which I haven't had since before the kids (laughs) I mean it's nuts I remember my partner saying to me you know there is this thing called free childcare. I know they call it education but like people send their kids and it means they get to work and and it's been a revelation because what it's done to the amount of space it's created for me the amount of time I've had for feeding my inspiration looking after my vitality and being able to be client facing Mm. has transformed the business um and it hasn't made a massive amount to the numbers thankfully um, because I was always able to make what I needed to make with the business in the hours that I had. But what it's created is more of a rhythm and space. And there's, yeah, there's more consistency to that, which is great. Mm. It's been a massive year for you. So you mentioned Dragonfly and then your children going to mainstream school and everything that that's opened up. But you also touched on the divorce coming through. Yeah. And all of that. So that must have been a really big thing to process. Mm. How, how do you think all of that has impacted on what you've been able to achieve in your business this year or your goals for your business this year? Or, you know, has, I suppose yeah. what I'm getting at is have you, have, you, have you consciously cut yourself a bit of extra slack? Yeah, definitely. I think that's really key. So interestingly, it hasn't changed how I approach my business that much. But what it has done is it's reaffirmed to me that the way I was approaching it before is sustainable. Yes. Because what it's meant is I've had to have oodles of compassion for myself. I've had Mm. to, 
and I had COVID twice in the middle of all of that yeah. as well and having yeah. to come back to full health and full strength knowing that I've built a business that has that as its foundation mm. that has those priorities and those values in place already meant that when the hit the fan mm. um there was enough space and there was and I didn't have to beat myself up for the fact that I'm not performing at a certain level or I'm not because I wouldn't wasn't pushing myself mm. to perform at that level mm. and so do you think it's affected what you've been able to deliver your clients or or are you talking when you're talking about performing at that level do you mean more in terms of turnover and volume of work it's more about my capacity so firstly no I don't think it has impacted what I've been able to deliver to my clients because that is ring fence and I don't think so either as a client (laughs) thank you um but what it has impacted on is my capacity to the rate at which I'm able to act on new ideas Mm. and the rate at which I want my business to grow in you so I've had all sorts of inspired projects come to mind things that I want to do things and I've just had to say to myself now is not the time focus on what you do well serve Mm. your clients really well pay attention to them nurture them don't let any of the quality of what you're currently delivering drop when you have more bandwidth which you will have yeah (laughs) prioritizing your well-being when you have that bandwidth then you can launch the podcast with fee then you can you know do those things and those things are happening now because I have that surer footing so no it didn't compromise the mainstay of my business but it did mean that I had to manage that frustration of there's so much more I could and want to be doing right Mm. now but this is not the time Mm. because if it's at the because that would have meant that I wouldn't have been able to spend the time with the kids. It would have meant that I would have had to burn the candle at both ends, that I would have had to sacrifice and compromise on my well-being. And that's, it's just a recipe for disaster. So, so having the space now and being really well and really happy and Mike and I have settled into a really great rhythm and we're co-parenting really nicely and all of that stuff's in place. Mm-hmm. Now it's like the doors are open, the possibilities are there, and I've got the energy for it because I didn't compromise on it before. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's very easy to beat yourself over the head with a stick when things aren't going so well and allow that frustration to become the narrative instead of saying, look, you just you just need to take care of yourself right now. Yeah. You need to come back to what's most important you need to prioritize your relationships you need to prioritize your well-being you need to get a bit more sleep you need to look at you know as entrepreneurs our business is one element and if we can maintain the core of that really well and not allow standards to drop that's the baseline Mm -hmm. and then all the other facets of our life will have an impact on our business and it's like you know cogs turning in a whole system if one cog over here is off mm. we can't expect the business cog to be running in the same way so we have to address those things you know if relationships are tricky we have to address those if health isn't on form we have to address that mm. we can't pretend we can't ring fence around our business and pretend that everything's fine mm. and that the business won't suffer as a result of that we have to like step back, look at the context of the bigger picture and have all of those things working seamlessly. And it will pay off. You know, the fact that I had to recover from COVID and get my health back and all of those things has meant that, you know, I got into more of a discipline. And the 
you know, the menopausal stuff going on has meant that I've shifted my exercise routine. I'm doing more weights and, you know, various bits and pieces. I'm stronger than I was before. And, you know, I've committed next year to doing a half marathon. It's it, those yeah. things become possible. And I think that that's probably one of the recurring themes for us both this year, isn't it? And I, I'd be interested to hear your insights as a coach. But my sense is that you and I have a fair amount of compassion for ourselves as entrepreneurs and know that if we're struggling outside of work, that we mm. need to cut ourselves a bit of slack inside so you know for me it was sort of dealing with the aftermath of the build but also you know Jasper broke his ankle Mm. in the week the day before they all went back to school and that literally meant I lost a week to Mm. sitting in you know various hospital waiting rooms just sort of dealing with all of that and and the emotional side of the disappointment of what that means he's going to lose as a very sporty boy but I think that sense of compassion for you know if you are broken because your house has been turned upside down your builder spent all your money (laughs) that's going to have an impact on what you're able to achieve if you're going through a divorce however amicable Mm. it's going to be unsettling yeah that's going to have an impact I, I wonder how many entrepreneurs cut themselves that slack because what I tend to see just just through social media is this driving energy of we should be achieving more and more more and it doesn't you know I remember we talked about this before but something popped up in 2020 stop using the pandemic as an excuse why haven't you grown your business oh my lord really (laughs) yeah wow so so inappropriate that's nuts and yeah so I think there is that I think it's cutting ourselves some slack but it's also um the thing about Jasper's made me think of something with regard to boundaries and the thing that makes that easier for both of us so it was a very clear it was a frustrating choice but it was a very clear choice for you that Jasper broke his foot you needed to be there you needed to go to hospital the priority is the children the value that's where the value sits it made everything else a no-brainer yeah and actually I had one I had one meeting with one absolutely lovely and understanding client that I needed to move but everything else was me resetting my expectations about what I was going to achieve that week and that month so I think the key takeaway if we're thinking about reflecting here and reflecting back on our year is Mm. taking the whole picture into account so when we're looking at how we've performed as a business and I want to get onto this in a minute about what our measures for success are but we're not just looking at the commercials we're looking at the backdrop of Mm. what we've operated our businesses within so that's going to be partly economically it continues to be uncertain in the market that Mm. does have an impact on what people will invest in but also just how how were you in yourself what was possible this year you know you've gone through lots of transitions I've had to really prioritize my well-being having cutting yourself a bit of slack is really Mm. key but let's come back to this idea of what we measure our success against because I think that the the kind of prevailing business wisdom is that 
you measure your success on the numbers. You know, we're all in business to make profit. Mm. And and let's just be clear, it is about net profit. It's not about turnover. <laughs> it's not about gross profit or EBITDA, which is earnings before interest and tax. It's about what's left at the end, a net profit. And that really has had to be a priority you know priority for me transitioning out of being in a joint home even though I my earnings potential was often higher than mm. Mike's and, and that piece there the buck stops with me completely now yeah. in paying my rent which is a lot higher than our previous mm. mortgage yeah and my rent is nuts in this mm. space and so I've gone from a two-person household to a one-person household mm. the numbers matter yeah you know the numbers do matter and they have to continue to matter and so I do measure whether I'm doing well on that when I look back retrospectively, mm-hmm. but they don't form the picture of why I'm doing it when I'm planning and looking forward. It's not the reason for it, but it enables me to check back and to, and to be realistic. You know, is this, is this sustainable? Is this going to continue to support me and the kids? Is this going to enable us to save or whatever? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is a key metric. I think the so so that is still a key criteria but more so it's still those foundational things for me do I have a harmonious home yeah am I able to spend time with my kids and harmony in the home is impacted for me by so many different things if I'm running myself ragged in the business Mm. or if I'm not looking after myself and I'm short-tempered and I'm snapping at the kids and I'm not giving them that and I don't have it in me to give them that quality time Mm. um and to you know to bring the the Mary Poppins mum that they all love (laughs) not that I can you know that is definitely not consistent folks although we do do a lot of singing um that that for me if if the home's not harmonious then I'm not it doesn't matter how much money I'm earning I'm not successful because at the end of the day you know on my deathbed (laughs) or when the kids have flown the nest that's going to be what I hold myself to account on. Mm. Have I built good relationships with them? Have I been there when they've needed me? And and have I been able to keep the keep the wheels on the bus and the house warm and you know the bricks and mortar standing as I've been doing that? It's also what difference I'm making. So when I look at this year and I look at some of the clients I've been working with. And I look at the trajectory of their businesses and the struggles and the challenges that they've had to face that have been gargantuan for a lot of people mm. in this past year. You know, I have one client who still now we're all supposedly out of lockdown. She's mm. she's immunosuppressed. She hasn't left her house yeah. since the beginning of the first lockdown. It's horrendous. And she's it? still running a business. Yeah. And then so then I'm looking at have I made a tangible significant difference to that person in their business yes yeah and that's what I measure the success on have I delighted my clients have I been able to show up and serve and still you know be that support and have I been able to flex that support based on what's going on for them and I think if I'm really honest this year that's what might have differentiated me from some of the other approaches I might have taken 20 years ago when I was, you know, a more goal-focused coach or whatever, Mm. is that my ability to hold compassion for myself 
and for my clients has meant that they're able to find more space and more compassion for themselves and to look at the real picture of what's happening mm. and and to look for the gifts in the challenge. So one of the other things I think, just as an aside to what the criteria of the successes are, is in this process of reflecting back, if you've had a really difficult year with difficult clients and sticky situations, it's an opportunity. You know, I'm thinking of one client in particular who was working with a couple of really difficult clients this year and couldn't work out why they were attracting them, how to get rid of them, you know, how to manage that dynamic. But it caused her to stop and we worked through her process, her onboarding process, her boundary setting process up front, how she managed the journey of her clients through her business. The discomfort that she was feeling in the everyday negotiations with them opened a window of opportunity to streamline the processes to put down some firmer boundaries, to prioritise the relationships she was having with her clients and has transformed those relationships, actually, and they're still great clients. So I think there's, yeah. so in reflecting, looking at that, the challenges as an opportunity for finessing, streamlining and for growth. Yeah, so I think what we both measure success against will be slightly different, but... Mm. The final thing I think we probably want to be thinking about as we're looking back over the year is what do we want more of? What do we want less of? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And and looking across the board at that, you know, the types of clients that you're working with, the, the offerings that you're bringing out, mm. the feelings that you want to have on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean, that's one of my biggest markers, I think, is, you know, what does it feel like to run this business Mm. I'm almost taking the finances for granted. I, you know, after 18 years, I know how to run a business. Yeah. You know, I know how to make the numbers work, but Mm. but actually what it feels like to run this business on a daily basis. And like you say, if that feels sustainable, manageable, something I can keep doing, Mm. that's a key thing, isn't it? So yeah, more of anything you want less of, yeah. Um, is there anything else you'd add as you're looking back and reflecting over the year? Well, what are you grateful for? Because it's always mm. really good to tap into that and get that real visceral sense of gratitude. Yeah. You know, whether that's thinking individually. I love to do a process at the end of the year where I literally write down the names of everyone I've worked with. Oh. And it, it staggers me sometimes, yeah, yeah. the number of people. And that will flex year on year because it's not about number of clients it's about work as well but I will look at that and I will hold each of those people in mind and and just be really grateful that we found each other that Mm. we've had that because they're always lovely relationships you know I love all my clients they're always a joy to work with and so I am really grateful and I'm grateful for what they've been able to do for me in helping me show up and do my best work but also that they've put the bread on the table for my kids yeah and so so that's a really nice little micro process just going back and and you know I like to do that visual thing of the list of clients but I also do a a gratitude wheel for myself you know that I can see visually that stays me into next year you know I've got last year's in the loo I've got this year's on the (laughs) on the cabinet here that I'm looking at as a visual reminder and also look back and see how often did you take the time to celebrate Mm. because that's quite marked for me and this year 
I've, I've done a fair bit of it, but not enough compared mm-hmm. to previous years. It's like, have I thrown a party to say mm. thanks? Have I made a big announcement? Have I congratulated myself on, you know, what is it? Have I celebrated enough? Um, because I think we're going to call ourselves over the coals and beat ourselves up. That's a given. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to, we definitely have done, everybody, you've done enough of that. Yeah, I can yeah. guarantee it. Not even knowing your personal situation, because that's how we're wired. You know, we, yeah. we spend a lot of time beating ourselves up. So have we celebrated enough? How do we want to do more of that? And that, all of that stuff then feeds into planning for the next year. Brilliant. So we're going to come on to planning for the next year in January season yes. two. But just to wrap up then, so as you're reflecting on the year, you're going to be thinking about, first of all, your successes. What are the biggest wins? What was the backdrop that you operated in? And that mm-hmm. might be on a, on a global political level. It might be on a, a micro level. You're going to be looking at your biggest challenge. You're going to be thinking about what the gift was in that challenge. You're going to be thinking about what your criteria for success are. What are you measuring mm-hmm. your success against? You're going to be thinking about what you want more of, less of, what are you grateful for, and what have you celebrated? Nice. Yeah, I think that wraps it up neatly. Amazing. So there is a meditation on your website. Yeah, it's an old one, but there is one on reviewing your year, if you want to be guided through that process. I don't know whether it touches on half of this stuff. I might have to re-record it, but yeah, it's quite Well, whatever it is, it will be fabulous. So that's (laughs) elizabethcairns.com. I've got... Uh, something called the New Year Brand Shakedown, which I will, um, yeah, I will make that. I mean, it's on the blog. Just search for it, New Year Brand Shakedown. And it's also under resources, uh, workbooks. It's under resources, workbooks and worksheets. You can sign up to it there and download that. And that will take you through, again, a bit of a a reflecting process. I mean, it's sort of designed just to check in with your brand, but it covers mm. lots of things. Amazing. Well. So that's free. I hope you've had an amazing couple of weeks and here's to a fabulous 2023. Hooray. Thank you so much for tuning in to Style and Substance. We really hope you've enjoyed the show. You can find more information on everything we've talked about by heading to the show notes or by visiting our websites at thebrand-stylist.com or elizabethcairns.com. If you like what you've heard, we'd love a review. We're a brand new show and your support makes all the difference. You can like and subscribe as well as giving us what we hope is a well-deserved five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think of the show too, so please do leave your comments, questions or suggestions for future episodes on our blogs. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye.